Listener-supported St. Gabriel Catholic Radio AM820 brings you Family Sanctuary, a show that inspires living the gospel message in word and deed within our families. And now, Family Sanctuary with host Peggy Hartshorn. Welcome to the Family Sanctuary, focusing on life-giving relationships and the family. I'm your host, Peggy Hartshorn, chairman of Heartbeat International that advances life-affirming pregnancy help around the world. Well, today I have a, a wonderful couple as as my guests, dear friends, uh, Steve and Linda Smith, who are from um, Church of the Resurrection in New Albany and have been married 50 years. So congratulations, Steve and Linda. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Peggy. <laughs> and today we're going to try to answer a question that people kept asking my husband and me, Mike and Mike and me, because we were also married 50 years uh, this year. And people, when they hear that, they just say, well, how could that be? You know, <laughs> how did you do that? What's the secret? What's the secret to such a long marriage? And at first, we didn't really know how to respond. But we really tried to answer that questions for ourselves. <laughs> what has kept us together for 50 years, because all marriages go through ups and downs, some major ups and downs. And uh, in Worldwide Marriage Encounter that Mike and I uh, have experienced, and I know, Lyndon, Steve, you have too, um, it's so common that we talk about the cycles of romance, disillusionment, and joy. And some people fall into disillusionment and, and never get out of it, of course. But there there has to be an answer for people who look at couples like us and say, how did you do that? <laughs> it just doesn't <laughs> seem possible. So, um, and isn't that sad that so many people struggle in their marriages today? We were talking about that before the show, how many divorces there are, which was not common when we were growing up, right? That's right. Yeah. 50 years ago was not common at all. So, um, so today and in some subsequent programs, I'm hoping on the Family Sanctuary to interview many other couples who have experienced long marriages like ours and ask them the same question. What is the secret? So today, Steve and Linda, I think you've kind of boiled it down. Steve, what did you say if you had to boil it down to one thing that has kept you together for 50 years? What have you said that that is uh, the agreement <clears throat> agreement on essential important uh, foundational truths that's what that's what held us together in the very beginning we agreed that abortion was wrong even though i wasn't a christian hmm. it when made, you first got married yeah it made no sense that they were going to pass a law to kill babies in washington state where we lived in 1970 we agreed on a thousand percent on that and I came from a logical thing. It doesn't make sense to kill little babies. Mm-hmm. She came from a Catholic Christian viewpoint mm-hmm. that, that God made these babies and made them for So a right from the beginning, you there was something at least that you agreed on. Yeah, and that helped, that helped us tremendously. Yeah. We didn't realize fighting for something together like that would help. And by the way, it was our priest that got us involved. He didn't go to church, but I did. Mm-hmm. But I, you were married in the Catholic Church. We were. Interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But... Um, the priest said, uh, quoted Sir Edmund Burke, the only mm-hmm. thing necessary for the triumph of evil is that good men do nothing. Uh-huh. He didn't say anything about faith. 
Right. Good and that man. was good for Steve. And, and my yeah. husband was a good man. And mm-hmm. he said, this is wrong. This mm-hmm. is just wrong. And, and full <clears throat> disclosure here, of course, I, Mike and I met you first in the pro-life movement <laughs> after you had moved to Columbus and we got involved. So, so, and at that time, yes, I saw you very strongly as a couple. But as, as we've talked about your story, um, in, in reality, that was, uh, there were lots of other big basis, basics that you did not agree on. And that became an issue because you mm-hmm. didn't agree on, on, on the basics. So uh, I think you said, Steve and Linda, for about the first 10 years of your marriage, Steve, you really were not a Christian, no, although you had gotten married in the church. I look back now, I, I was like an existentialist and a hedonist and a nihilist. I didn't think anything really existed outside my imagination. I thought the world was a construct that I made up, and wow. I was going through the motions of living in it. I had no reason for good, but I had a desire to know the truth Some for some reason. Mm-hmm. And you came. thought you could arrive at it logically. Right. Yeah. And Linda, you must have known this. Well... When we met, he told me he was a seeker of truth. Mm -hmm. And that's important. (laughs) We should all be seekers of truth. What a line. (laughs) (laughs) And he was very uh, cute. (laughs) (laughs) Let's be honest here. I'll be honest. (laughs) And very um, easy to talk to and, you know, just. I thought we had good communication. Mm-hmm. And he certainly was willing to be married in the church. You must well, have been went, baptized. He went to Mass with me mm-hmm. before we were married, you know, a couple times. And I was kind of like a college Catholic. Mm-hmm. I went most of the time. And uh, so that wasn't really as important to me at that time, my faith, as it is now. Mm-hmm. Or as it was as a child, and I have to give those nuns a lot of credit. <laughs> because as simple as the Baltimore Catechism seems, it really got in there, and I really think I knew a lot about my faith just from going to Catholic mm-hmm. school. But by the time you got married, the faith wasn't quite as, as vivid in well, your... I, I would have said it was, but... <clears throat> Looking back. Looking back. <laughs> yeah. Looking back, you know, in fact, this morning I was saying, looking back at how I was when I was a young person, I can't believe how ignorant I was. Yes, <laughs> I think we can all say that. Well, well, but for the first 10 years of your marriage, you didn't believe in all the, all the basics, but at least you had something that was keeping you together, right. which and was your pro-life commitment. Also, the same priest who Father Heffernan, God bless him, just passed away this year. And he was a young priest, and he came over to where we lived on this island for Mass once a, once a week. That's all we knew of him. But I went over to consult with him after we had had one child, or I think, yeah, one. one, or, yeah, one. And his parents suggested that we do something not to have another one. Hmm. And <clears throat> this same priest, um, I talked to him and said, you know, I'm Catholic, but do I have to have a baby every year? A lot of my college friends are talking about putting off having children. What's that all about? You know, the pill had just come out and everything. And this priest said to me, I have a little pamphlet for you. I want you to read it and then come back and talk to me. The little pamphlet was Humani Vitae. <laughs> it was very simple. Mm-hmm. It was very straightforward. It was very logical. I took it home and gave it to my husband, who wasn't Catholic or anything. He read it. He thought it was very simple, logical. Hmm. 
And so you both agreed on that. So that was a big agreement. That's major. That is major. open to the gift of life. And you have been. Let's tell our audience how many children you have. Full disclosure, we have 10 children. (laughs) Beautiful, 10 children. And I got to meet them all again for your 50th anniversary party this year, which was a beautiful experience. So... So there were some things, very basic things yes. you did agree on from the beginning. Yes. Um, and, and one of the things, as, as I've, my husband and I have wrestled with this year, what are the things that have kept us together for 50 years? Of course, um, some of that has been the church itself. Uh, the, the, the sacraments, Linda, you mentioned that the priest who spoke the truth to you both, um, and you heard that truth. And, and, and even though, uh, you weren't a Catholic, Steve, that resounded with you. That truth did resound with you. Um, so the church itself has, has, has been powerful in your marriage. Well, actually, the basis of Humanae Vitae is that we don't use people. We don't use each other. Mm-hmm. And that, is something that's wrong with our world is that people see other people as a means to an end for themselves, mm-hmm. for their own pleasure. For the, and so that really was, that's very important to, to realize that I'm here to serve, not to use. Right. And to give yourself, as give John yourself. Paul II yes. now has helped us see, the, the self-gift. But yet, in, in our early marriage, I know Steve and, and Linda, Mike and I were married about almost the same time that you were. <laughs> Those those ideas were not as strongly promulgated in their church, in our church, as they are now. But it wasn't like after you heard those those two truths in the early years of your marriage, that didn't solve all the issues and problems, did it? Because you went through a major crisis in your marriage at some point. Because we're both sinners. <laughs> well, I'd come from uh, relativism. That was what why I was so hungry to find absolute truth because mm-hmm. relativism leaves your spirit um, in anxiety. It leaves it uh, in depression. Yeah. You, it leads to despair. Okay, I was living a lot of my life in despair because I was a relativist, mm-hmm. and there are a lot of people now. I think that's what our culture is now. I said, "Don't go there. Stop. Mm-hmm. You know, stop. Turn around." Because I was really literally starving to death in the spirit. And I didn't know why I was so discontent with what I believed in, mm-hmm. but I was. And that's why I was looking for, I told her, and I told her, I said, I'm looking for the truth. And guess what? There is absolute truth. It exists. <laughs> yeah, and it finds you. Mm-hmm. you. You look for it. You knock and seek it. And, uh, and it shall be it, open. It finds you. Absolutely. <laughs> well, you went through a big conversion experience at some point, Steve. Yeah, yeah I did. At a conference I went to, I received the Holy Spirit. Got a cleansing of my fear of people. I didn't know I was afraid of people, but I was—I couldn't love because I was afraid of everybody, including my parents, my brother and sisters. I was afraid of people. I was really afraid of her, too. I opened up more to her than anybody else. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but it wasn't enough to really open up where you reveal yourself and become can, can become one as a husband and wife. Mm-hmm. We didn't become one for years. We were two separate people living under the same roof. As we call it in Marriage Encounter, married <clears throat> singles. Yeah, married singles. Definitely married singles and uh, and somewhat combative about it. You know, mm-hmm. We're both strong personalities. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. the, the strife between us got rather heated many times, but I would duck out. I would leave. I wouldn't engage mm-hmm. completely. I'd say a few parting shots and leave. Like I see some people argue now, they'll say something 
meaningful, and then they'll leave before you can answer. See, right. That's mm-hmm. we, uh, that was what I did too. Mm-hmm. What would you say you were kind of a don't rock the boat person? Peace at any price. You'd, right. You'd say your piece, and then you'd leave. I would let it build until it just over. It came out. Mm-hmm. I didn't mean for it to come out. I, it was always an anger. Right. Because you wait too long to have a discussion, then you just have a diatribe. Bah, right. And dump it. And we've talked about this before the program that one of the keys for you both uh, was communications learning to communicate properly as a couple um was that was it on the the retrovi weekend linda that you really focused in more on communication and by the way i mentioned linda and steve did go through a major crisis in their marriage and uh were tremendously helped at that point by retrovi um Absolutely. <laughs> we're going to give by the way the the website for retro retrovi help our dot com retrovi is really for couples who have gone through a crisis and maybe even have separated or even divorced and yet ha- can come back together again uh when they when they really focus on some of the major issues on that retrovi weekend but you you mentioned to me that communications was a major well, issue we went to marriage encounter first and that was a big breakthrough because they also focus on communication that's the number one uh reason that people give for uh divorce is lack of communication mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and of course as you said when you're in romance, you know, you can communicate really well. Where do you want to go for dinner? I don't care. Where do you want to go? <laughs> Whatever you want, yeah, dear. Whatever you want, dear. <laughs> I still say that sometimes. <laughs> um, then there's that disillusionment. Where, why do we always have to go where you want to go? Mm-hmm. You know. And then in Retri, we also realize there's that experience. And you just said they live in, or they're in that forever, that disillusionment. No, it goes to misery. Ah. Where I don't want to go anywhere with you. I don't even want to be in the same room. Oh, that's right. right. And much less the same marriage. <laughs> right. Yeah. So we had gone through marriage encounter and they taught us communication, but they didn't teach us how to fight. They didn't teach us. Well, in fact, I remember they said, um, hold hands when you're fighting. And I'm like, the only place I want to put my hands when we're fighting is around his neck. Mm-hmm. You know? I remember just, them saying, fight for your relationship. Yes. We don't fight. I didn't know how to fight for yeah. the relationship. And I remember the day that he left, I said, what about our marriage? What about all these children? What about, you know? And he just did not hear it because he was so, so much in it misery, was misery and despair. It was misery. And I, a lot of people are there, but the good news is you can come back from that. Yes. But it well, takes that decision to love. Right. That this decision. is our, our program today is on the secret or secrets of a long marriage, because Linda and Steve Smith are our guests today. They've been married for 50 years this year. Um, they're from the Church of the Resurrection in New Albany, phenomenal couple, and yet, and, and I've known them for almost 50 years, not quite, <laughs> but I've seen the journey that you've made in your, in your marriage. It's absolutely beautiful. So we've talked about the fact that one thing that kept you together right from the beginning was Agreement on a few basics, at, at least, even though you weren't yet a Christian, Steve. Uh, agreement on the pro-life issue, agreement on humane vitae, the um, the openness to new life, even before you were a Christian, Steve, which is amazing. So agreement on some basics kept you together. But then um, the lack of an ability to work through your problems, to really communicate well, um, and this was true even after you became a Christian, Steve, that you had these communication issues. 
Yeah, because they're, um, I had habitual ways of thinking. They were like grooves mm-hmm. that I lived my 30-some years. Um, uh, every day I thought these way, the way I thought. Mm-hmm. And, it, it's, and I had to get rid of some of the old grooves. Mm-hmm. And they don't just leave. You have to uproot them. You have to think about it and say, yeah, that doesn't belong in my mind. It doesn't, those concepts doesn't, like thinking that I could have done better. I could have found somebody different than her. I mean, that's one that right. kept persistently coming. Oh, I made a mistake. I was so young. I was so dumb. We, and it's true. I was when we got married. <laughs> but that doesn't mean what it what you think it means. It just means we'll grow. Grow out of that stupidity that I had when I was young. Mm-hmm. Get mm-hmm. Get wiser. You know, become wiser. It's possible to do. And once you become wiser, then you get to see the real person. My concepts of her were even wrong when he got married. Mm-hmm. She was just hot. <laughs> and he was cute. He was yeah. cute. <clears throat> and, <laughs> I, and I'll do anything to have be with her. because mm-hmm. Anyway, so she, uh, she changed. I changed. And that's good. Mm-hmm. We changed together. And some things we didn't. We're on, we weren't together yet. So uprooting those before you could get all those those ways of thinking, uh, those negative ways of thinking, like the secular ways of thinking, before you could get all those uprooted, because it does take a long time, like you said, if you've been living in that way of thinking for so long, um, you went through this crisis, the the the, the, the uh, disillusionment became misery, and 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 so Steve, you left at that point, so. It was because I, I, knowing you through this crisis, I remember Linda, you praying every day, every day, <laughs> twenty four hours, <clears throat> absolutely, <laughs> that Steve would return. And one of the things you said to me was, "He knows the Lord. The Lord knows him. You know, I know that the Lord is going to bring him back." Well, the first thing I did when he left wasn't to say, "Oh, he did this to me." <clears throat> I prayed. Well, actually, I asked him to pray we could pray because he was a christian mm-hmm. before he left and he was leaving me but he we sat on our bed and i remember i don't remember the prayer but i do remember what god said to me <laughs> he said i will never leave you or forsake you your husband is leaving you but i will never leave you or forsake you so immediately i you know grew closer to god and said what is it that i did what is it that I could change? Now, I thought there might be one or two things I could tweak. <laughs> <laughs> An honest person there. Yes. But as I, I sat with a pen and paper and wrote down quite a few things that I could change. And I do remember also, Linda, <laughs> even though you said to me, I know Steve knows God. God knows Steve. He's going to bring him back. No, I didn't think he'd bring him back to me necessarily. Uh-huh. There, there was too much divorce around you were, and he was in California, and I was in Ohio, and he, we had no communication. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> a counselor told me that God is in California too, <laughs> but I I wasn't you sure. Weren't sure. I was never sure he was going to come back to me, but I knew he couldn't live a happy life without being close to Jesus. Yes. So yes. I prayed that he would come back to the Lord. Yes, and you also. I was though, more worried about his soul than about our marriage. Really, I knew I didn't deserve a second chance. Well, you were very introspective about your part well, because in, I'm in the, the only breakup. person I can change. Right. I couldn't change him, mm-hmm. but I remembered my vows, and my vows were important to me. I promised I would love him. I didn't. I couldn't promise he would love me, mm-hmm. so I could continue to love him 
when we were separated. <clears throat> I remember um, I went to a lot of prayer meetings, Bible studies. I remember right before his birthday thinking, well, he won't want to hear from me. But by this time, because by this time <clears throat> he had come back from California and he said, I want my kids and I want everything that belongs to me. I just don't want you. So I moved out and he had the kids and the laundry. <laughs> I think that's what really broke him. <clears throat> but so I knew his address. So I took my address labels to these Bible studies and prayer meetings. And I asked people, would you just send him a card for his birthday? It was going to be 40. It happened to be on Easter Sunday. So people sent him, he got dozens and dozens of cards. And he said at first he was mad, but then later it just kind of got to him. My mother wrote a beautiful letter to him telling him how much she loved him and was praying for him. My sister, who was dying of cancer, wrote a letter to him. Same thing. So he got a lot of affirmation, which was probably something that he needed. Yeah. Well, I think it's, I think it's beautiful that you looked at yourself and were humble enough to, to do that. And I think that's, that really is a secret, mm-hmm. perhaps, uh, that, that is important in all marriages. Because when you're distant from each other, don't be thinking, how can this right. other person change? Be thinking, how can I change and be more loving and more Because you're welcoming. the only person you could change. You can't change exactly. that other person. Yeah. And prayer, you know. Absolutely. And all that God the would people help that me prayed. change. Yeah. And when you change, the relationship changes. Yeah. Yeah. Now, the other side of this story, <laughs> when I left, I experienced euphoria. I was elated. I was elated. I was, I, I was, the burden was gone. Mm-hmm. I was free at mm-hmm. last. Mm-hmm. And I went, I went out to California and partied and I went to rock concerts. I smoked marijuana. I did everything. I went to church about twice, I think, the whole time I was gone. And I, when I went in, that was remarkable to go in. As an unbeliever again, here as a Christian, mm-hmm. and it was really strange in the Catholic Church mm. when you're when you're an outsider looking. I'm, I, all of a sudden, I was an outsider. I've been used to just going, and I it that struck me pretty deeply. And I said, "What's going on? You know, what am I? What I was running from reality? Actually, all the stuff I was doing, I was not thinking of the family. I was just." Sure. distancing myself mm-hmm. further and further behind me. That, oh, that's behind me. I'm going to make a new life. Mm-hmm. And at this time, I'm not going to make a mistake I made last time and marry the wrong person. Mm-hmm. I may not even get married. By the way, women all of a sudden came on. I'd never noticed before. They started hitting on me. I went, mm-hmm. what? What's this all about? You know, it was like, it was, I didn't like it. Mm-hmm. I thought it was like dating. That I didn't like dating the first time. Mm-hmm. Have to date again? Ooh, that's very uncomfortable. Though I did have friends, and I, you know, met with people, and they treated me well. I don't know why, but when I went home, it was like coming home. I was that that guy eating the the prodigal son. The prodigal son. I was mm-hmm. definitely a prodigal son. It was empty. It was an empty, useless. Every day was empty and useless. Wow. And I'd sleep twelve hours, fourteen hours. And then I'd get up and go to a movie, you know, in the mm-hmm. middle of the day. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and nobody was around. I'd just go up and I'd walk through and see people living a real life mm-hmm. in, a, you know, in shopping centers, walk through a mall and see families. And mm-hmm. it, it just, 
we just started get that got to me. Convicted you. So I'm missing mm-hmm. something. Mm-hmm. Missing mm-hmm. life. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so the euphoria didn't last. An amazing, <laughs> amazing story of the the hurt that both of you experienced. Mm-hmm. So it was very deep. <clears throat> Absolutely. And yet you were able that Retrovi weekend and then I know Retrovi also has a very strong program afterwards. Mm-hmm. Um uh, keeping the couples together and continuing the the, the support and the experience. And is that where you really learned to fight? You said yeah. you never learned to solve issues and problems. Well, I think staying in Retrovi, which we were, uh, we became coordinators and mm-hmm. we were in Retrovi for 28 years because um, we're slow learners. <laughs> I think that really, you know, helped because it didn't get better immediately. It took a lot of work, but marriage takes a lot of work. And that's what people think it should just be easy. One thing I want to say before uh, I forget that this this topic can be summed up in something my husband wrote to me on a Retrovi weekend. And that was, I'm glad we're living the sequel of Gone with the Wind, where Red finally gives a damn and Scarlet gets over herself. I think that's really important that we care. We we give a damn. We care about our marriage and working on our marriage, and we get over ourselves. Mm-hmm. And we realize that love is a decision, and that marriage matters for better for worse. Hang in there. Just that's what I tell couples when they say, "What's the secret of a happy marriage?" Just don't give up. Right. Just keep loving, and. Be kind and gentle and all the things we're supposed to be anyways. Yeah. And your marriage will get better. And you might even be married 50 years. <laughs> I That's can't a, believe it. <laughs> yeah, you have a beautiful story and tremendous commitment to each other. And we've seen God's grace, the church step beside you. It's it's just beautiful. Thank you so much, Steve and Linda, for sharing. And uh, you have been listening to the Family Sanctuary on St. Gabriel Catholic Radio with archives at stgabrielradio.com under the Family Sanctuary. Our program is broadcast at 4 o'clock every Saturday and 2 o'clock on Sundays. So join us again to strengthen our families and make them sanctuaries of life as God intends. Family Sanctuary is a production of listener-supported St. Gabriel Catholic Radio AM820. Archives of Family Sanctuary with Peggy Hartshorn are available at stgabrielradio.com. Veni Sancti.